Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the wizarding world. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We were really excited to go chapter by chapter and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the original book series, but that's over now. Today we're discussing scenes 72 through 79 of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, first we have some announcements and reminders. <laughs> this is an interactive podcast and we want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to join the conversation. Love our blog, love wizard team, have a few extra galleons lying around, support Black Girls Create, check out our new Patronus perks or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash support. And we have, wiz- uh, mm. and we have Black Girls Create merch. Head over to our website to set up your nerd, fashion, and stationary game. And if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. Also, subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. If you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. And now, for Wizard Team News. Um, So this month's creator is educator, artist, and CEO and founder of Edutainment for Equity, Candace Wicks-Davis. You can learn more about her and her work on our website. Um, We're going to be at Camp GLA in a few weeks, it feels like, like a month or so. Um, So from July 17th to the 19th, we'll be hanging out virtually Um, the Granger Leadership Academy is the premier event where fans, creators, organizers, and academics come together to create a powerful, powerful force for good. Um, it is powered by the Harry Potter Alliance. Robin has gone to, um, the more like in-person, like, you know, pre-COVID GLA. This will be, this will be my first one because I'll, you know, can't afford to go because it's virtual. (laughs) Um, and also like, don't have hella shit going on. Usually they happen when I have. Yeah, I'm like affording um, GLA is never really the problem. Yeah, it's not really the, the problem as much as it is schedule. It is. Yeah, and yeah. the last couple years, well, there was one that where it was happening around the time that I moved back home in, or whatever. So that was like definitely an affording mm-hmm. thing, but not because of them, just because of me. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing yeah, that. that. We yeah. have a couple panels scheduled um, already, um, and then I'm like, we'll see. We will probably add more because. <laughs> You know how we do. Um, but you can the go most to bit.ly. Yeah. Um, so bit.ly, so bit.ly slash camp GLA um, to register. Um, tickets are at the lowest, like 25 bucks. Um, and there's like a range. And then also like if you need a scholarship, I believe you can apply for a scholarship. Um, so you should definitely check it out. It'll be really dope. There'll be some really amazing creators and activists and... Um, folks like doing panels that whole weekend um so yeah yes we will also be at harry potter and the sacred text summer camp at the end of july so you know we're camping all over the place um you can check out the preliminary schedule at harry potter and the sacred text.com um happy father's day we don't have any magical birthdays yes um but shout out to the fathers um shout out to our fathers um specifically because they're ours specifically just because like if you know they didn't (laughs) 
they didn't do what they did in raising us, then we probably wouldn't be here. So like, shout out to that. Um, so yes, happy Father's Day. Um, I don't really have any tangents. Do you have any tangents? I have one. Um, 1.5. Just how we hurt ourselves. Because obviously we're about to get started to talk about this. And that's great. Um, I'm trying to watch Classic Who. And like, why? Because we decided that that was something that y'all might want. But did we ever stop to think, is this something that we might want? You know? I don't think that happened. It just... Yeah. It didn't need to be this hard, is all I'm saying. Like, I just feel like... (sighs) It's not even... And, like, the the one that I'm watching is, like, the first one. It's, like, an unearthly child or whatever. And it's, like... So far, like, no people of color. Which... Isn't that, like, yikes, but thank God? You know what I mean? Like, thank God. Mm. Like, how are you yikesing the white folk? Like, they have, um, like, cavemen, and I'm offended. (laughs) Just. (laughs) Why? 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 So funny. Why? You know, it. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the first episode, and I'm just say. like, yo. And then I have to watch three more. And I've told myself, well, two, I'm, I'm on the second episode. They're only 30 minutes long, right? So I'm like, okay, it's good. I can do this for 30 minutes. I can do two hours of this. But then. Yeah, but you're having a hard time. The second one, I was just like, I was like, oh, Luna needs me. She wants to throw the ball. That's very pressing. I'll have to press pause on this and come back to it later because, like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, focus and everything, and that's great. But as a, as a dog mother, I also cannot neglect my dog child, and there's nothing more uh-huh. important than making sure that Luna is properly exercised by throwing this ball for the 10,000th yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have been doing this. This has been my trash consumption. When I think, I mean, I don't know if Classic Who is trash. I've read, I've watched like two episodes. Um, But in terms of things that I'm doing that I don't want to be doing. So far. So far. It's not great. That I can think of. It's also probably still better than this. It's a story, you know? I mean, yes. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. I'm absolutely sure that there's a narrative that you can follow. And, you know, Doctor Who is known for breaking rules, but, like, in a way where shit still matters. Like, like it's a part of its charm. It's not, like, some stuff that just came out of left field. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nicole says, wait till they get to the brown face. So that's awkward. Sorry to y'all. Fun times. Um... (laughs) Um, cool. Okay. Let's, let's just, let's just move on. Um, previously on Wizard Team? Yeah. I don't, oh no, it was all, we were all at Hogwarts. We went back to Hogwarts and, um, um, it was some dumb stuff, but the, the R's came to Hogwarts and they're like, we, we learned a lot. 
We learned. We did. That sure. Sure. Everybody and their sure. mama knew about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. <laughs> we um, also we, we learned, learned everybody and mama knew about Dumbledore and Grindelwald, but not how deep it was. They didn't know how deep it went. They just know that they were homies or like brothers or whatever. And then we also learned closer than that, brothers, you might say. Um, ours or people who work for, or maybe it's the head of the magical of head of magical law enforcement. Maybe I don't remember who Travers is, but mm-hmm. some apparently there's some not even the minister of magic, but the yeah. head of the department of magical law enforcement can determine um, who who works where and why and who what. works where mm-hmm. at Hogwarts and why and and for some reason like. And then also can, like, house arrest Dumbledore, which I guess they could house arrest Dumbledore, but there's really no reason other than that he doesn't like him. Um, we also learned that Lita has some tragic backstory that she hasn't talked about with Newt when they were kids and friends at Hogwarts, um, but they were very close and, like, hand-touching and stuff. And there's a thing called Bowtruckle Island. That's wild. Never knew about that. Pickett is still, you know... Is that it? Pickett has a very complex social life, and so there's some trauma behind why he don't really mess with other bow truckles, and we found out that that is a story that we were more interested in than whatever the hell's going right, on Right, but, but don't actually figure out what that is, so... No, we just that. know that bow truckles have complex social structures. Oh, oh, also, if Grindelwald throws a rally... Don't go. Then, 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 what's his name? Theseus should not go. No matter what. Yep. No matter who says it, no matter what, no matter when, for any reason, no matter what, no matter who. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, um, no there's why. an imposter. Um, no matter why. There's somebody impersonating Professor McGonagall um, 20 to 30 to some kind of math years before she was supposed to be even thought of, so that's a thing. Um, and I don't yeah, know what you're talking apparently, about. It is totally normal to get a teaching, a professorship at negative 25 years old. That is just <laughs> like, I don't, you didn't do that, but just because you could be. Okay, fine. Just because you could achieve yeah, yeah. that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that nobody could achieve that, you know? The amount of schooling that yes. she did as a zygote in utero. Mm. Not even a zygote. 27-something years before she was even birthed. We all knew McGonagall was that bitch. We knew it. Um, Nicole asked, is this, is this the rally they sent black scarves through London to announce? No, this is... That was... <laughs> That was the cursed child. That, that was, was uh, that was the other shitty thing. This that was, is that um, was terror. <laughs> yeah, pure terror. This is a gathering of people who are against the no magique, the muggle, the can't spells, the can't spells. I can't wait till we actually get to that part because it's the worst. But the best. I don't think it's the I best part of this ever, whole thing. I don't think I ever experienced that much cho- joy. While being <laughs> that disgusted, I pretty much screenshot it. I need to find Justin it. From Kelly, I screenshot. I did the thing. I did the three close up. I did the close up thing. Yeah, I paused <laughs> it. I was like, wait, wait, what? I think it was the my Twitter header for a little bit. I, 
the can't spell. <laughs> I'm gonna find it because I I know that that's the tweet that I did. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Scene seventy two. We are immediately jump jumping into some dumb shit. We don't get any type of like reprieve. No rest. We don't get a rev up. We don't get none of that. So we're at Grindelwald's hideout. Queenie is sitting on the sofa beside a she table. She said, of tea "Hey, cakes. did you like that dumb um, shit? Here's some more dumb shit. Here's some more. We we heard that's that's exactly what you wanted. So we're just gonna give it to you. Um, she." There's a slight awkwardness as her teacup is instantly refilled by uh, Rossier. Um, and she's like, oh, no, thanks. Um, you've been real kind, but my sister's probably worried sick. And which is like, I mean, no. I mean, I guess it's one of those things that you say when, like, you're in an uncomfortable position and you try to, like, make your exit. You try like, mm, you know what? I got folks. They really looking for me right now, even though Tina has no idea that she's in France. So that's awkward. Um but I understand why she'd be like, you know what? I'ma just go, because it's weird. Um, so Rossier says, but you haven't met your host. And then Queenie, a little wistfully, says, oh, are you married? Girl, relax. Um, and then Rossier goes, let's just say, deeply committed, because she's really Prelichix. Prelichix Rossier, that's her name. Um... And then Queenie says, you see, I can't tell if you're making a joke or if you're just French, which is like, I, ha ha ha. But also, can't you read her mind? Like, isn't that the whole point of why you're here? Because you could read everybody's that mind part. and it was so stressful that like you couldn't do anything. So now all of a sudden you can't tell if she's joking. But if you read her mind, you'd be able to tell if she was joking or not. The whole thing, this whole I mean, thing has been about her being her. able to read minds and the hijinks that she gets into because she can read minds and now all of a sudden she can't tell a joke or can't tell if it's a joke or not. I am don't know why you're over here asking logical questions and following a logical train of thought because we, that ship sailed like 70, what scene are we on? What scene 72? So that ship sailed about 70 chap- scenes ago. I think the first scene when he comes back and he's like, "Oh, look at all my beast." I think that one made sense. Uh, I was gonna say, I think after didn't that he melt the wand in scene. Oh no, not in scene true, not in scene two. No, it hasn't been making sense since scene one because that's when they introduced the American Ministry of Magic. So, oh, you're right. That's awkward. So seventy-two scenes of just utter <laughs> mess, and yeah, here um, you are still trying to find the logic. Mm, it's just you know, yeah. I don't lean I mean, into I, the chaos. Yeah, lean in. I wonder what this podcast would be if we just like leaned into this. I don't even know how we how one would do that. <laughs> like, do we like how does that work? Like, do we just decide like, oh, this shit is lit, or do we say like? I don't know. I, I can't. I can't I find say, it. In me. <laughs> I think we say. Queenie says, "I can't tell if you're joking or French." And we go, and that's crazy. That's how good of a Oclumens Rosier is because the legitimates of Queenie's power knew that right, she's Jacob was calling her crazy like two so seconds ago. That's wow. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So. Yeah, Prelichix laughs and leaves. Um, Queenie is confused. Um, and then the door opens and Grindelwald enters. 
Queenie stands, the teapot and cup smashed to the ground. She draws her wand and aims it at Grindelwald. Says, you stay right there. I know what you are. And then he says, Queenie, we are not here to hurt you. We only want to help you. You're so very, very far from home. Far away from everything you love. Everything that was comfortable. Um, I would never see you harmed, ever. It is not your fault that your sister is an Auror. I wish you were working with me, now towards a world where we wizards are free to live openly and to love freely. Like, fuck off, first of all. Like, that's pretty much all I have to say. I what just... were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and he's like, Queenie, we are not here to hurt you. Like, you know her? Like, I mean, like, he knows of her, because he talks about Tina and like, but how many chess pieces is he working with? And like, he was two scenes ago focused on getting um, credence. That's why they're here. So if Rosier brings in Queenie, it's like, oh, a bonus. But if he comes in like, yeah, this is where you're supposed to be. And we've been looking for you and we're family. And I'm like, why can't you just be like, oh, you showed up on my doorstep and I'm taking advantage. Because right. like, it feels like I'm like, Maybe this is, like, the ADD brain that I have, but, like, I can't even keep track when I'm supposed to have, like, three things that I need to, that I need to accomplish in a day. And it feels like he's juggling a lot. And it just doesn't, I don't know. And, like, again, it goes back to, like, how small is the wizarding world? Yeah. It's like, well, oh, I mean, I guess like maybe because he was, he, just comes in, he like, was, like... He was what's his name for a bit, uh, Graves. Oh, oh, oh. And, like, he knew Tina, so I guess that that in some ways, yeah, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I guess maybe, but even then, like that doesn't necessarily mean that he like met Queenie. You know what I mean? Like just because you work with somebody, and especially if you're like pretending yeah. to be somebody else, working with somebody doesn't mean you automatically like know their whole family. Yeah. Um. Also, but that's the only thing. So I one, really I forgot. Of. I forgot that he was Graves, and then two, <laughs> I do not remember this scene. Like I was trying to like think about. Yeah, I don't remember like a lot, but there are certain things. Like I remember them showing up in London. I remember like them meeting Kama. I don't remember like what they said, but I like remember those things. I do not remember yeah. this scene at all. So I don't know if they if it got cut, but if it got cut, wouldn't it have been cut from the screenplay? Because they released this after the movie was final, right? Like, I would have no way of knowing. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I think that like this, I think this is supposed to be like the scene where they show how like persuasive Grindelwald can be, and they don't really do a good uh, job because they don't I'm have not like. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think with Voldemort, um, a lot of what Voldemort, like, we, well, we hear that, like, he relied on, like, being able to persuade. And we see some of that with, like, Hepzibah Smith. Um, mm-hmm. And we see how he was kind of able to, like, work, work on his way in, especially when he hadn't yet split his soul. Um, or at least, like, took his soul from his body. I think it was split by then. But um, when he hadn't yet found receptacles <laughs> for bits of his soul. Um, but, like, as time goes on, he begins to just use, like, straight-up fear um, as a way to kind of manipulate people. And I think that, like, again, in their, like, effort to make Grindelwald scarier, 
which they shouldn't, but they're trying to, or whatever. They think that in order to raise the stakes, they have to compare it to Voldemort. Um, instead of, you know, just maybe, instead know, of just a coherent, raise, coherent right. film. Just making it actually be a good, good. movie or like a good <laughs> script. Um, it's one of those things where you can like feel the comparison in the writing. Um, yeah. And it also falls flat because I'm reading this and I'm like, I mean, he's saying a lot of stuff, but it all sounds like bullshit to me. And if I was Queenie, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. I'm out. Like it, I, like I wouldn't understand. I'd be a little, yeah, I'd be scared. Cause I'd be like, that's Grindelwald. That's crazy. But I wouldn't be like, Oh, he's intriguing or whatever is going to happen later. You know? Um, and he's talking about where we wizards are free to live openly. And to love freely. At this like point... that doesn't even make any sense. Like, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's dumb, and and I think that she, like one, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways, and what especially because she loves a muggle. Mm-hmm. Like point one, it doesn't make sense within the context um, of like who he is and what his like like beliefs are, and like yeah, maybe they don't say the the you know the fucked up parts out loud, but people know what Grindelwald has done. Like at this point, he's pretty like well known or like infamous. Um, and like maybe he may be trying to be benevolent, but for the most part, folks know like he'd be out here wilding. So I don't really understand why he would need to use those words and why she would then maybe like why I don't think that she's like fully like on his side at this point. We don't see because it goes off to something else, but like it shouldn't really tip anything off in her mind. Um, yeah, and I think it's also weird too because at this point, like when you're talking about like Voldemort's persuasion are being persuasive. Um, at that point, he's not Voldemort. He's still Tom collecting followers. And then, like you said, when he gets scarier, he's not getting new acolytes or new Death Eaters. He's getting, sub like, he's, he's subjugating people at that point. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he's not gaining followers so much as he is um, conquering people. And right. then and then just being like, I mean, I guess he's in charge now. And right. like keeping their head down and like being defeated. Basically he's defeating people at that point. Like by the time he comes back, um in um I can't even remember the shit no more. And Hot Blood Prince is when like everyone knows or the end I guess the end of Order of the Phoenix, all the stuff he's doing in Hot Blood Prince is just defeating people. Like the ministry falls. Right. You know what I mean? He doesn't gain a bunch mm-hmm. of death eaters. The ministry falls. People go into hiding or they just decide like, all right, he in charge. Nicole says, never mind. Well, never mind. Yeah, well, first she first she says, um, this read works better when you continue to picture Colin Farrell, which yes. I I could see that. Um, and then she says, nothing gringo walled says actually makes sense love gringo wall i'm gonna start calling him that um and then deb says that we're thinking too much which yes have you met us deb you're right (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) um and then nicole says like so nothing gringo wall says makes sense except especially in with regards to turning queenie and amani says that it worked on y'all's faves i mean i guess he's talking about our faves or everybody's faves albus um and then nicole says nah he was stigmatized that's different which yes and also i think that like did it work like not that did it work like obviously it worked 
But I like to think that, like, if we're gonna, like, let's just, for sanity's sake, separate the OG7 from this mess. Um, I'd like to think that the OG7 Grindelwald in that timeline was better at this than <laughs> whatever the fuck's going on here. <laughs> On yeah, top of for sure. Him, on top of Dumbledore being digmatized. Like that definitely happened, but I would like to think that like, you know, something else was going on that was better. Um Whew. please. Yeah. Um, Bianca says that this is showing why it was dumb to go backwards. They try so hard to make Grindelwald a baddie, but spent all of the OG seven saying that Tom took what Grindelwald did and took it to 100, Tom is the ultimate bad guy. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that, like, for a prequel to work, that you have to make the bad guy worse than the original. Like, because that doesn't even make sense to me. And especially, especially in this particular context where they've already said that Voldemort has, like, is out here. Because Grindelwald don't have no horcruxes as far as we know. Um, There are just certain things that he's not doing. Um, that Voldemort was doing and I think that again it's within like when you don't compare what you're doing to the original story and when you try to figure out the stakes within the story that you're telling and not also taking like like yeah you should keep in mind the story that you've already told because for like continuity purposes but not necessarily for like storytelling and like stakes um because at that point, then you met, like, then what is the point? And I think that it makes the stakes unbelievable when you try to, like, compare it to something that came after slash before. Um, yeah, I mean, and Nicole so, also yeah. makes the point that, like, we know that he doesn't win. So this is all filler. You know what I mean? Like, in mm-hmm. the same way of, like, the issues that we have with Newt and Tina's love story, which is like, we know they get together, so make them getting together interesting. You know what I mean? Like, we know Endgame. You told us already. Like, we know Grindelwald gets defeated. But that's also just storytelling, right? Like, mm-hmm. when we when we cracked open Harry Potter, the OG7, we knew eventually Voldemort's gonna lose. Because that's what stories do. And like, I mean, there are a few stories that will like, turn that on their head and the bad guy wins and like it's called Game of Thrones and everything's bleak and no one no hope can be found um but that's not the vast majority of stories right and like so we don't go into the story um and we're definitely not going into a prequel being like oh he's going to win or he might win we know he loses so make the journey interesting mm-hmm. and logical and sensical yeah. Let's move on because we. This is, okay. This is too so much. back to things that don't make any sense. Grindelwald then touches Queenie's wand tip and lowers it and says, "You are an innocent. So go now. Leave this place." So what was the point of her coming in the first place? Like, why bring her there if the minute you get there, you're gonna be like, "We're not gonna hurt you. You could go." Like, we could have cut this whole thing out and it would have been fine. Um. Anyway, scene seventy three. We're back at Hogwarts in the room of requirement, which I guess we're supposed to know that it's the room of requirement. And we're supposed, and Dumbledore, I guess, is supposed to know about the Room of Requirement, which I thought the whole thing was that he, like, I always assumed, and I guess, like, you can read it however you want to read it, um, but I always assumed that Dumbledore didn't know about the Room of Requirement, and, like, he, yeah, there was, like, that moment with the chamber pots, um, 
But I like the idea that he doesn't know all of the secrets of Hogwarts. Um, yeah. And that, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, and we had that conversation in um, Goblet of Fire at the Yule Ball where he mentions, like, the chamber pots. Like, Harry, like, kind of figures out later that it's the room of requirement. And, like, I don't, like, this is mm-hmm. less of a Fantastic Beasts thing and more of a just, like, my personal headcanon kind of thing where, like, I kind of like, like the, the idea that he building. doesn't know everything. Um, and so this in some ways, like, yeah, changes I mean, that, I, I guess. That as, I don't know. Yeah, because I always read that scene, too, as him explaining the wonders of Hogwarts, and it's like, t- there's a room around here that just got chamber pots. Like, isn't that crazy? Out here. I never saw it again. Up. It popped up when I needed it. I never seen it again. I don't know. Like, I don't, it, like rooms just be showing up when you need them, right? Right. Like, not making the connection that that is the room of requirement that right. showed up when he needed it. Like it was just like in his, in Dumbledore's mind, there is a floating room in Hogwarts full of chamber pots and it moves around. And right. he, he found it one time and then he lost it and never found it and again. And he was like, I mean, the game is the game. And like, again, right. this is, this is not like if, if he knows about the room of requirement since he was a teacher there or whatever, or however the fuck long, like fine. I could like, I can like, accept that as canon um if it is but like i think that for me i just kind of liked the idea that he just was like oh it's this random ass room and like maybe yeah by the time that like the dump Dumbledore's army gets caught he at that point is like oh yeah there's for sure a room of requirement or like harry told him about it at some point like i could see that um yeah but yeah there's just a personal thing and not necessarily like a critique of the Nicole says the movie. that Dumbledore's gay ass knows about the room of requirements. The gays, <laughs> they know about that room, which now just like sets off a bajillion headcanons and someone needs to write those fanfics. Um, because what is the room of requirement if not the co- the coziest, cushiest closet I mean, um, <laughs> for Middle Eastern, uh, Middle Eastern, middle, middle aged wizards who, you know, about that life. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, this is very much a me thing and not a, like, I hate this book because it has room requirement in it. I don't really actually care that much, but, um, yeah, this is the thought. Like a, like a thought that's not about this being some dumb shit, but it's okay because we're going to get into the dumb shit right now again. So it was just a, it was just a moment, you know, I wanted to give us a moment, um, of real (laughs) conversation. So... We're in the room of requirement, a Spartan room. A large object stands against the wall covered in black velvet. Dumbledore stands thinking for a moment, then approaches the covered object and pulls the curtain down. The mirror of Erised is revealed. I feel like I don't like that the mirror of Erised is here again. He moves the mirror of Erised to the room of requirement because of Harry Potter. This is dumb. It breaks the rules. That's I feel saying, like I'm like, taking crazy it, pills. I'm like, is this because everybody like theorized that the mirror of Erised was in the room of requirement in the Sorcerer's Stone? Is that why it's in, it's actually in the room of requirement? And then also like we could get all this without having to see the mirror of Erised. I feel like these particular chunk of scenes, and then probably a little bit more because we're gonna actually we haven't seen we don't see Nicholas Flamel in these scenes, but we will mm-hmm. at some point. I won't even say next in the next chunk because I truly have no idea. Um <laughs> It just messes a lot with Sorcerer's Stone. And, like, y'all know Sorcerer's Stone is not, like, my favorite. Like, I go hard for Order of the Phoenix. 
and I, but at the same time, like the way that this comes for Sorcerer's Stone is offensive. Like it upsets it's me offensive. and my homegirl. Like the it- disrespect <laughs> <laughs> made me dance all night. Right? <laughs> I became. A I loser, was pregnant. Okay? I got pregnant and had to birth someone who could respect me. Because this shit is so... This shit. Like, I just... It makes me mad. Like, I'm so mad that you come from, I mean, and I think... And, like, I think think what it is is, like, okay, yeah. Harry Potter has been our childhood. And, like, I mean, we could talk about the many ways that this... That our childhood... Or not even our childhood. My childhood was fine. I still look back with fond (laughs) memories for the most part. Um... But, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, specifically coming for, like, six-year-old Bayana, and I would like them to not. Yeah. And I think one of the things about Sorcerer's Stone, like, it's, it, I don't think it's anyone's favorite, but it's also, like, it's the book that, objectively, I've read the most. Yeah. Because whenever yeah. I do a reread, I'm reading Sorcerer's Stone. Well, and it's also, I'm not, like, that's book- not true for me now, but it's you'll skip around. Yeah. 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 But it's also, like, it's a thing in which um, it sets, like, the the... Sorcerer's Stone may not have the bards and the lessons and, like, you know, some of those things, but it sets up the world and the whimsy, and it sets up, like, what to expect, and, like, it introduces Hogwarts as a character that you follow, like, you know what I mean? And so it's, like, it it is very precious still, even if it's not, like, my favorite of the Mm -hmm. books, it's still a precious thing that you should not touch on touch it. And it's, like, major themes, and it's major themes, too, like... Yes. It, 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 Don't touch the it. The said means a lot, and it just is like annoying that now all of a sudden we're dealing with like this bullshit. So, um, Dumbledore has and not it's like looked this into weird, it. Like we talked about. Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say we talked about like the fan service throughout this whole thing, and this is a very strange. I'm all of her fan service like is either doesn't work or it it's a weird place to put this one. I think is particularly strange. Because it doesn't, I don't think it does, it doesn't do what she thinks it does. And no. so it like taints it even more, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, so the mirror of Erised is revealed. He has not looked into it for many years. So I, so I have two questions. Um, one, how do we know this? Like, I think there are a couple, there are a lot of moments um, in this and in Fantastic Beasts where it's like and I think I've noticed it more in this one because it's more nostalgic and we're back at Hogwarts and we're back with Dumbledore's here and like all this stuff where it's like he hasn't looked at it in many years he hasn't thought about it he hasn't seen this in so long and it's like I mean I guess you could sir, like you can it works for the for the actor in that like they can sort of like say that but or like portray that but I don't know on the other hand it could just be that the mirror of Erised just got here and he's like I've been avoiding it because I know what it does but many years like how long has the mirror of Erised been at Hogwarts like how long has he just been out here like using the mirror of Erised like it just feels I don't know it's just weird um yeah. bracing himself he does so now you, this is a movie that you can't really portray right there's no like that, and that's the thing too. Like with these screenplays, you can't give backstory in the same way that you can in a book. And like 
if this was a book, we would have like a flashback to like, or not even a flashback, but just like a thought process of like, I haven't, you get his internal thoughts. You can't get that here. And I think that like, you can kind of see in some moments where she's struggling with that. Um, and it's hard to say that like, again, it's not to say that we couldn't get that information, but it also just feels like we don't need it. And it also raises more questions than answers, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we see teenage Dumbledore and teenage Grindelwald facing each other in a barn. Um, both score their palms with their wands, now bleeding, they interlace their hands, which like, shit, y'all finna catch COVID. I hate to see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all sharing blood? Like, wow. Could not be me. Um, Yikes. <laughs> so Dumbledore turns his head away, fighting the impulse fighting the impulse to cover the glass again. Um, and then he looks at their, he looks back up their bloody proms, raising two glowing drops of blood, which mingle and merge to create one. A metal shape begins to form around the droplet, becoming a more defined, more defined and intricate. It is Grindelwald's uh, vial, which as magic does not make sense. Like, oh shit, now this thing is like, nobody waved a wand and we know cause they're in Europe, they didn't go to Wakadu, so they don't know how the fuck to use their finger to just conjure a vial around this drop of blood. So, okay. Um, and then the vision fades and present day Grindelwald stands smiling out of the mirror surrounded by blackness. Me personally, I hate it. I don't know about you. Hated it. Great. Hated it. <laughs> um, what is, how is that showing his desire? I think, what well, desire it's not, is that? it's supposed to show his, the blood pact, which I don't think that we like, he doesn't say outright okay, here. But Remember, there's like the dumbass blood pack where they can't fight each other, even though, like, what? That don't even make any fucking sense within the context. But is this of... not the Mirror of Erised? Yeah, it's apparently the Mirror of Erised is also it's... a pensieve. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently. You learn something new every day. And that's what I was saying when I said I don't think this does what she thinks it should yeah. or what she wanted it to do. Yeah. Because it, um, to me, it's just like, what the fuck was that? I know what the Mirror of Air set is and what it does. So then to, like, add new magic to it or a whole new whatever, it's like, huh? Like, it takes, what? No. Why? Yeah. It, it's dumb. Um, we're at scene 74, establishing shot of Nicholas Flamel's house. So again, we're just, she said she took the couch that is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and put her, rubbed her feet all up on the couch. She put her feet all up on, just, she had trucked up into the house with mud cake shoes and then dug her feet all up in our couch. So... Uh, scene 75. Said, fuck your couch. Um, <laughs> literally, my my note for before scene 75 is shout out to, all the, to these scenes ruining Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're in a creepy medieval drawing room. Um, Tina is trying to wake up Kama with a bottle of smelling salts. The predictions of Tycho Dodonis slips out of his pocket onto the floor, which again, no one cares. Um, Tina picks it up, opens it to the prediction Kama has underlined. Newt's case is open on the table, and the Zuru roars from inside. 
um, scene 76, we're in Newt's case, um, and he, where, in which there is a wild Chinese habitat. I am curious about this because, like, China is a big ass, uh, country. I'm sure there are different mm-hmm. kinds of habitats. Like, you couldn't just say, oh, they're in an American habitat because that could mean that it's snowy. That could mean that it's a desert. That could mean that you're in a forest. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of ways that this could be happening, and so I think it's so cute that you think that there is a multitude, um, a diversity, mm. um, uh, a sense of different places and regions in an mm. Asian country. I think that's cute oh. that you think that. Mm. Right. It's right. China. It's Asian. There's tea and Asian people and smelly food. <sighs> food that I can't eat. Wow. I know that because I, really I went to college. Chinese food. You That's know? crazy. Sorry. I just had a moment <laughs> of like. I just had a moment Gluten-free of like problems. self like what is it like self pity <laughs> you're saying these things and I'm like damn so chow man would really hit right now just in general but anyway I don't know what the fuck a Chinese habitat is and that's mostly what I needed to say um Newt is curled up in the dense under- undergrowth Zoo Wu picks him up and dangles him from a claw scene 77 we're back in the we're back in the house Jacob enters um and Tina is watching the case and then Jacob is like hey Newt buddy Tina's up here she's all by her lonesome um Maybe you want to come up and keep her company. So I guess he's trying to like. I guess he's trying to. Be a wingman. Which, like, Girl, I don't I know. Cause I, you said we're back in the house and then it just. Yeah, I know. I saw it cutting out. Anyway. Um. Newt's trying to be, or sorry, Jacob is trying to be a wingman, and he's like, don't you want to come keep Tina company, or whatever the fuck. Um, and now we're in scene 78. Uh, Newt is soothing the Zulu, um, and removes her harness, and she is finally freed from her chains. So, Newt said, to freedom. That's all I got about that. Anyway, 79. We're back in the Flamel house. Newt clambers out of the case um, and is like, oh, like she's responding well to the Dittany. Um, and then he glances at Tina, who then goes, Mr. Scamander, have you got anything in your case that might help revive this man? And I'm like, isn't all this stuff for, isn't all the stuff he has for beasts? Like, he's not a Can doctor. Did she call him Newt yet? No. She's repressed and like, you know, feeling all. Cause this is some 1800s Jane Austen shit. Like yeah. you are formally acquainted. You can call the man by his first name. Nope. I'm tired. Um. Yeah. Anyway, I'm mostly concerned about the fact that like he has all this shit in his case and they're for beasts. So you're asking if she has something, if he has something to revive like a man and probably not. Cause that's not what he does. He's not a healer. He's not like I just 
no. Anyway, um, apparently Kama has made an unbreakable vow. He's not a doctor. He's or he's not a healer. He's a magizoologist. It's two different things. Sorry. Um, yeah. So apparently Kama has had an unbreakable vow. Um, and they exam so they examine an unconscious Kama. Newt like lights his wand. His and Tina's hands brush. Um, Newt advances to the wand tip to look in Kama's eye, which I'm not really sure why that would be his first. Like, nobody said, like, oh, shit, I just saw something in his eye. Newt just does it in the same way that he just knows that Graves is Grindelwald at the end of the last movie. So, like, it's all very much just, like, oh, Newt just knows shit and haven't really figured out why or how. Um, so, yeah. Um, and so... There's a tiny flicker of a tentacle. And Newt says that there must be a water dragon in the sewer. I guess the where Kama's hideout was. And apparently they ca- they carry parafi- parasites. Mm. So Newt takes some tweezers and pulls something spindly and uh, something that looks like a spindly and waterborne spider out of Kama's eye. And I'm really not sure what this has to do with anything anything i don't know i did like the idea though of like learning more about the like what happens when an unbreakable vow is going wrong um i just wish i would have seen more about it in something that like made sense Mm -hmm. and um in a way in which i believe it because i don't believe any new magic that she is introducing here i'm like whatever this is bullshit yeah and like my thing but is, like, is like she could this could actually be true because we don't know right you know I always assume like the unbreakable value don't you break it and you die like right. Avada Kedavra like you just drop dead mm-hmm. but this is giving me Dragon Prince vibes well no because I don't um, think the two are connected that's the thing oh, that's why well, it doesn't make any sense because it's like he has the unbreakable value and then he also has the cynical in his eye and Newt's like oh it's probably a parasite from a water dragon that was in the sewer by his hideout and it probably just got into his eye. In which case, like, what's the point then of it? Because there's this whole thing where he's looking in the mirror and he's like, oh shit, I'm a monster or whatever the fuck. No, it's just a parasite that's in his eye that Newt takes out and then that's it. Like, I don't think that the two are related at all. I think he just has it. And I think that this is supposed to be the Fantastic Beast portion of the crimes of Grindelwald. But they're just shoving the shit in where it doesn't make any fucking sense. Just adding tiny little plot points where it doesn't make any sense. Yo! What would you say? What would you say if I told you this dumbass thing that we read just got dumber to me? <laughs> I would believe it because I like, didn't catch that. I didn't. My brain, my brain was like, no, they are connected. I read this already. Yeah. I still was like, no, they're connected because this happened and then this happened and then these things happened. Yeah. Bianca asked if Snape had one of the parasites, but he couldn't have. It wasn't a thing. It's not a thing. The parasite's not a thing. It's a separate thing. Because Snape had plumbing that didn't have a Chinese water dragon exactly. in it. Because that's the thing in his eye. Yeah. Is is, that is nothing a parasite to do with for a, a water dragon that's now went from the dragon to his eye. And instead of just like going to St. Mungo's to get that shit checked out, or I guess they're in France. So whatever the, op- whatever the French version of St. Mungo's to get it checked out, he just, yeah. Mungo Thant. Oh, and no. Mungo Saint, you know? Oh, no. Can't spell. No magic. 
Saint Mungo's. Mungo Saint. I've cracked it. I've cracked the naming code. You're welcome. I just... Okay. You're welcome. Um. So now Kama has started muttering, distraught, semi-conscious. I must kill him. Uh, and Tina's like, who? Credence, too. But he's still, like, unconscious. I don't... Whatever. Newt is like, it's going to take him a few hours to recover. The parasite's poison is quite strong. Um. So again, just a random parasite. No bearing on the story. No bearing on Kama's, like motivations it's just a random ass thing um tina's like i'll have to go with the to the ministry with what i've got but she doesn't have anything like you haven't learned we've i've learned nothing so i'm pretty sure she's learned nothing I'm trying to figure out what the fuck she gonna bring to the ministry because all she's learned is that comma is after credence and that's it she don't know where credence is she don't know what he's up to she'll know where grindelwald's at she'll know nothing she don't even know her sister is in france so i'm just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and how she somehow knows what's going on. I would hope that she knows her sister is in France. Content. But she wouldn't because they, it was a That's surprise. Right. It was meant to be a surprise. They were going to Newt's, or they were going to Newt's house. Remember, because Queenie and Tina have been beefing because Queenie doesn't understand consent. No, I know. Oh, right. So, do, so Newt and Jacob don't know that she's in France? I thought they did know that she, they were like. Newt and Jacob like, oh, know that like Queenie is going to France, but they don't, they know that Queenie is going to see Tina, but they have, Queenie and Tina have not met up yet. And I don't think, and remember. I'm, I know, no, no, Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying I would think that through context clues, you would be like, Newt and Jacob are here. Queenie must also be here. Eh, maybe, but maybe not. I just feel like context would help. But, you know, who knows? I don't know nothing. None of this makes sense. I'm not. I don't know how the world works. I don't know nothing. I know nothing. I am Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Tina's like, it was nice to see you again, Mr. Commander. Yeah. Um. And then she strides from the room, leaving Newt perplexed and upset. And that's where we left off. So, um, who's your MVP? Oh, MVP. I don't have one. I'm not even gonna pretend like I. I don't. Thought of one. <laughs> I didn't. Um. Oh, Sunshine Moxie for doing a celebration of cinema that we actually enjoyed and wanted to see. You know, reminded me that film yeah. can be good. <laughs> so, word. Eliana and them. Um, Nicole MVP's COVID, who might just make them <laughs> rethink this whole fantastic business. We can hope. <laughs> we can hope. And I don't think anyone else. No, it's up. Uh... Oh, wait. No, no, no. Up, 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 up. Yeah. Um, Amani MVP's Beyonce for giving us Black Parade to bump on the speakers. That part. That part. Uh, Bianca MVP's Black People. Always a good Love MVP. Good it. choice. Always. That's it. I benched. I benched everybody because I'm just kind of tired of it. But it's mostly JK Rowling because she could have kept this in her drafts or in her brain. Or like, you know, like when you have an idea, like I do this all the time where I have an idea for something and it like won't get out of my mind. So I write it down. And then do I ever come back to it? Nine times out of ten. No. And then it's fine. But at least it got out of my brain, you know? And then the, in the future, I'll look back and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that was cute. And then I'll move on. Continue to move on. Um, this could have been like, that. Left us alone. 
mm-hmm. left us out of it completely. I love to see it. Um, I so in in Hollywood, there's someone called a development director, development producer. They work in development, right? Mm-hmm. So they like search through scripts and screenplays. They look at like um, articles. They look at stories. They're just like have their, you know, they're kind of just like their their finger on the pulse of what's going on and what you know. And then they go, we should develop that into a movie. And so whoever is a development person at Warner Brothers who went to J.K. Rowling, whoever at Warner Brothers had a conversation with J.K. Rowling and was like, we should do this. And then whoever the other person was is like, yeah, we should do this. And then we should make it five movies. Those people in particular are bitch. Because like J.K. Rowling could have this idea. Cool. Whatever. She could say, I wrote the screenplay. Cool. Whatever. She has enough money. She could literally finance this whole thing by herself. Hire people, start a production company. Cool. Whatever. Someone at Warner Brothers, though, was like, let's make this easier for you. Well, they gave you know her the idea. struggle to get movies made? They told her to do this. Or she that wasn't part. her idea. The devel- this is why the development dude is, is bitch. Yeah. Because, do you know how many people have fire ideas? Good stuff. We just watched this movie, Miss Juneteenth. Give that person a budget. God damn it. What? This? Yeah. There's both too much money in the world and not enough money. Those people in yeah. particular are benched. Okay. Um, I love the one thing I do love is that in this, we get benches so much quicker when, you, when we ask the question of your bench. The benches come. Mm-hmm. The MVPs people are like, uh, I, I mean, so Amani benches the West, uh, Amani benches the Western canon of literature. Nicole benches Gringo Wald and Dumbles. I mean, Dumbles is just in love. <laughs> I mean, in the closet. I'm in love with a fascist. He rides. <laughs> <laughs> He curse and he kill and he murder. <laughs> oh, can we end there? We're ending there. Um, <laughs> Bianca benches plot, logic, reason, and the fact that none of these things meet in this story. It's not plot, logic, or reason's fault that they don't meet in this story. <laughs> they exist. But they're just begging for someone to use them and, and put them together. They're there, like, hey, girl, tag me in. Put me in, coach. <laughs> and she's like, nah, I got I'm this. I'm good. I just feel like plot logic and what else did she say? Reason. I don't think they deserve this because they are not here. You can't. Bi- Didn't we say this last, like, during the OG7? Like, you can't bitch people that don't exist, that, are, that aren't present in the chapter. I mean. So, Nicole, or Bianca, you have to try again. <laughs> Because plot, logic, and reason are not present in what well, we just I mean, read. Well, maybe they're so benched for not being present. It's unfair to bench them. They're not present, and that's why they're benched. Because they should be present, and they're not. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. Well, um, next week, we will be discussing scenes 80 through 86 of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. We're over halfway through, so that's, like, that's nice. We only have, like... A month or so, uh, maybe like a month and a half left of this. So that's cool. Um, so follow along. 
Check out our SoundCloud. Oh. <laughs> Check out Follow Bongo so you think it's the real Check out our SoundCloud where... And benched. Or don't. But, like, you know, let us know your thoughts uh, at Black Girls Create hashtag Wizard Team. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, our uh, video for I'm in Love with a Fascist will be dropping sometime soon. Featuring Bowman, because I feel like he'd be oh, great no. in it, you know? And then we could have, like, a genius put on the... interview or go over the lyrics. As Dumbledore. I think starring it'd be good. Elvis Dumbledore. <laughs> starring Dumbledore. All right. Anyway. Oh, okay. Can we go? Yeah, we can. Can we not? Thanks to y'all. Um, Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you in hell. <laughs> Next week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>